Welcome back to Baytown Engage. I have with me today a very important person in our community, Councilwoman Laura Alvarado of District Number 1. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Arlene. <laughs> I appreciate you having me here. I had to twist your arm a little bit because I you were know. nervous. And I understand <laughs> because everyone doesn't like to be in the limelight. Some people yeah. are more like, let me just work, do what I have to do, head down. But you're our Councilwoman. You're District yeah. Number 1. So we have to talk to you. <laughs> I want to say once again, and thank you for coming on, definitely. And you have done some amazing things. You've been in office now since 2016. Yes. And you're still pushing through, going strong. I want to ask you first, though, to please let everyone know a little bit about you. Okay. Well, yes, I'm a little shy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm okay when I'm up at the dais during council and meetings, but I, I, I'm not much to really do many interviews because, as you mentioned, I, I'm just behind the scenes. Give me some work. I'll do it. Right. Let me push for my residents. I'll do it. So that is something definitely that I'm trying to grow with. <laughs> I'm middle child of five. Nice. But I do not not feel like a middle child you know the whole middle child sister syndrome yes, I'm forgotten yeah I haven't felt that for a long good. time that's really good um, but it is uh, I, I think me and my family are, are very very close those residents that know me and have read my story you know we are the only ones here in Baytown uh, my immediate family that is so we were a family of seven my dad worked in construction and my mom was a stay-at-home mom but of course the five of us kept her very very busy okay. <laughs> and because we didn't have all those cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. We got very close. So right now there's only two of us that are left here in Baytown, myself and my younger brother. I do have, you know, another brother that's close by and a sister and then another one that is out of state. But, you know, I graduated here locally. I did the whole San Jacinto Elementary, <laughs> Baytown Junior, you Lee know, High School, Robert, right? everything. Went to Lee College. Lee also. College, you know, I did the whole nine yards. But I was initially... I said that I was I was not born here, but I grew up here. This is my home. I call it my home. And, like uh, after two years of living here, you're a Baytonian. So oh yeah, like, no, you, absolutely. You're from Baytown. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I, I mean, my my friends when I was working in corporate and everything, they would ask me, "Why are you still living there?" And they're like, "You're always here in Houston or whatever." And I'm like, "Because that's my home." I, I said, "I like it there. I'm gonna stay there." So. Right. So you have roots here through and through. You are a Baytonian. Forget about where you were born you are a Baytonian yeah elementary junior high high school Lee College you are very active as quiet as and shy as you are you're very active in the community and a few things that you've done you know Gulf Coast Partners Achieving Student Success I know that student education and women are a big part of your movement Hispanic Educational Access Committee at Lee College mm -hmm. Community Development Advisory Committee you know you are a lot of committees and also the first three years yes so before we get into all of that and everything that you do because even though you're quiet, you're a part of a lot of things. I would like to ask you, we've all had a trying year. Mm -hmm. And how was your 2020 with your you and your family? And also, how was it reaching your district, your citizens during 2020 with COVID-19? Right. Well, it, it's a loaded question, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm sure my stories are, are probably not any different than what a lot of our residents are going through. And I think for me, it, it was just being in that silo 
of not having my family around me. I, I do have a nephew that lives with me. He's a, a veteran Air Force and mm. he doesn't know where he, you know, what his next steps are going to be. Right. And so I was thankful when he, you know, came to live with me. But other than that, we've been in those silos. Of course, we've created our safe bubbles with me and my brothers and sisters to try and see each other. But there's still those moments where like, hey, we can't do the family dinners. So some of you all may see the movies, you know, where you had the Sunday dinners. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it? The Big Mama or Soul Food? The yeah. movie Soul oh, yeah, Food, right? Yeah. So that's my house. It, you know, when my parents still lived here, we all gathered at my, you know, at my parents' house on Sundays, and then they left out of town, and so it continued at my house. And so I miss those days. We understand yeah. we can't have those, and I just cannot wait till that comes back. So it's been pretty trying. Right. And I'm a very, um, although I'm shy about interviews <laughs> I'm a very face-to-face -face type of person when I meet with other people when I you know want to be with my family it's face-to-face -face. Mm -hmm. we've created group chats we've done some zoom calls with nieces and nephews that are mm -hmm. out of town etc but it's not, the, not same, the same right not the same at all right and we just kind of right now are at the point where like when is this going to be over hopefully and soon hopefully soon that's all we can say we're, we're going to keep that hope alive right and even just, you know, recently, uh, I've had two uncles pass away, one recently from COVID. So those are out of town folks, but it's hard because we can't immediately go down there and be with the rest of the family. And you know, when something like that happens, being of a culture, a mindset of we're getting together on Sundays, yes. a family of a community. Fam absolutely. When death happens, the first thing you want to do is, okay, let's bring on some coffee and some food. Let's yes. go over and console. Yes. And it halts you now from doing that now you have to think of okay the crowd mm -hmm. how would they feel I just can't go and it's just it's difficult it yeah. has been difficult and we're used to our, our novenas so we do rosaries when someone passes away we can't do that and so it's been difficult and and, and again this is probably something that a lot of our residents are Absolutely. going through it, it impacts everyone at one level or another and I think that we have to be conscious of that and we have to be really aware and, and be creative in ways that we can reach out to our residents. And, you know, that's one thing that was really highlighted within my community for District 1, and I'm sure in other districts as well, is the communication and outreach to our, our residents. And we knew at some level that there was a, a big part of our community that had connectivity issues, whether it was not having tablets for the kids or maybe parents didn't know how to use these technology means or maybe, you know, they didn't have internet at all. Right, right. And so that's really been highlighted through the school district and everything. But for me, I have one of the oldest civic associations in Baytown, which is West Baytown Civic Association. They're, I believe, over 30 years strong. They meet in person. They love meeting in person. And we haven't been able to meet. And I know some of my uh, residents are now at the point where, like, are we meeting yet? Are right. we meeting yet? Because they love that. I mean, they got the first taste when we did the neighborhood empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, we finally got together, but it could only be, you know, so just a long. handful of right, us. Right. And so we we need to find that way to really just connect with them. And I, I've been doing just direct outreach to, to people, others through my work where I'm able to, to do more calls and more check-ins. I find that well, I don't do social media. I don't do Facebook. I didn't know that was happening. I didn't yeah. know that was available. Yeah. And, and you would think that, you know, such a big thing that Facebook is or that social media is oh put it on Facebook 
everybody will find out about it everybody will know about it and I, I really found that it's not yeah. you know it, it's not a good means all of the time you realize how social media is not as intimate as people really think it is yeah and how many people are really it's not that they're out of touch it's not their life it's not Absolutely. how they connect and you realize with everything going on it has made me more aware personally of mm-hmm. my need for interaction and my need of finding out other ways to communicate just that need that we all have as a humans for communication and contact right. it's not it can't be a text or a phone call what else can I do so Absolutely. when we found you know Zoom's been around forever but now that you have Zoom like oh mm-hmm. I can see your face I can at least yes. see what you <laughs> look like so I want to ask you one question mm-hmm. you're shy but yet you're motivated you're in the community you come from a very big from what I can tell background of mm-hmm. unity mm-hmm. what made you say I want to run for city council <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what was I thinking say? <laughs> <laughs> what made you say that what yeah, I, I actually never thought about it initially. So I worked in corporate. I think my first introduction to like some sort of community outreach or even nonprofits was back in the mid to late 90s. I'm not going to say exactly. Let's that. not do that. <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> but a, a dear friend of mine who is now passed, Tony Hernandez. So the agency had employee resource groups. I don't know if everybody's familiar with that. And so this particular one was employee initiated. So mm-hmm. they found that we need to do something for ourselves that can help elevate us within the company but as well as out in the community and so it's called Hacemos and my friend reached out to me and said hey we have a vacancy for a membership vice president do you want to do it what does it do nothing nothing you just have to send out emails <laughs> are you sure because you know lies. I'm st- you know I'm still <laughs> traveling Tony because I, I really traveled about 90-95% of the time oh, wow. of the year actually and so I was like are you sure no no you could do this from wherever you're at okay so I did it because it was a vague somebody had dropped out or something and then little by little he starts giving me more and more and more Tony I'm in Colorado I can't do that <laughs> and and then slowly and surely he, and then he goes oh you have to you have to run again to be VP and I'm like what do you mean I have to run and then he goes yeah you have to be elected into this you didn't tell me that now, I wasn't really like hey you tell me to send out emails I'll do it right so what grew from the membership vice president I ended up as the South Regional president um, for the organization because I just continued to become more and more involved and we led a lot of effort to help employees that were non-management climb up the ladder and just make themselves more aware of career opportunities. We also helped employees that maybe have been laid off Mm -hmm. um, to try to transition out. We would always say, you know, hey, there is life after this. You know, we've had employees that worked there 20, 30, 40 years and didn't know what to do. They were still young enough to go work somewhere else and it's like we we created this there's life after here right you know mentality and we also encouraged a lot more of education we sought out uh, partnerships with universities where our employees would be able to take night classes and get tuition reimbursement Um, I I held a lot of classes for young women who wanted to go into the technology field Um, so it, it just continued to grow from that you know I had also been involved in the union as a steward so 
So that Very again <laughs> connected me. And so through those um, partnerships from being in the union and from being in the employee resource group, we did a lot of partnership with external affairs. Okay. So in external affairs, we get to work with a lot of legislative officials, state officials, local officials. So I was always with them. I always knew them. And so one of my staff members from that said, one day you're going to be running for local office. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you always say that. And then what yeah. happens? Right? And now here I am. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it was a, a group of individuals here at, at District 1 that came up to me and says, you know, hey, what do you think about running? I said, running for what? <laughs> Oblivious. Like, what are you talking right. about? What are you talking about? And so I, I didn't really understand the issues. You know, we sat down and met because of the fact that I was always, you know, traveling in a way. I, I didn't really understand the local issues. And I'm what you would call a road warrior. I'm used to driving even before we had, you know, GPS and right. I would print out the maps and let's need to go. Ourselves now. Let's I know, just, I let's know. Not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah. So right. I was never around and so they would talk to me about some of the issues. One of the major things, for example, that the district wanted um, in West Baytown or now historic West End was a grocery store. And I'm like, but Food Town is just right there. The and this and that is right there. But because I'm used to driving. And so then again, I had to really think about what the issues were. And so that's when I became involved with the CDAC. Mm. I'm the type that before I jump into something, I really need to know it. Right. And so one of my mistakes was because of when they told me, it's all you have to do is send out emails. Yeah, never no. again. That will happen. I have to go in with eyes wide open. Right. And being in that committee, I, I think it really made me aware of the city of Baytown, its workings, different committees available, what's going on in Baytown. I would give reports out to the West Baytown on what we're doing at CDBG. And I, I think from there, you know, I, I was like, OK, I think I'm ready. Let's do it. I ran and I lost. And so I said, but you know what? That's okay. Not everybody wins. Right, right. At the at the first time it's or the even the second you have or third. During the process. Like you said, so many of us are born and raised and live here in Baytown. Mm-hmm. You know, I was born and raised, live in Baytown, but I've lived other places. Yeah. And there were still places I had never really even been in Baytown. Didn't mm-hmm. even realize, oh, Baytown's pretty big, big, small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's big, small. Or how many places are disconnected from, because we drive everywhere mm-hmm. and we have the type of access, they're so far from certain things. You don't yeah. realize that. So, of course, you're like you did, I'm not going to let you just tell me, just send an email. Yeah. Let me do some research. Yeah. Let me <laughs> let find me out be, what this is about. Let me find out what it is. Absolutely. So now. <laughs> Now you lost. So I lost my first race and I stayed with CDBG, the mm-hmm. CDAC committee at the city. That's so a while serve again and I ended up being co-chair of that committee. And so when it came time to run, run again, they said, you're going to run again, right? And I'm like, do y'all want me to? Uh, because for me, it's more of, okay, what, what needs are there and am I going to have the support to do that? Right. Because I don't feel it's about me, it's about the community. And so when they said, yes, we want you to run again, then I was like, I will run again. 
And so I ran again and I won. Good. So from there, I was like, okay, let's get down. Started, you know, we w- worked immediately on the platform that I ran again on, and which was, of course, our infrastructure and, and you know, accessibility to other businesses mm-hmm. in the area and then the business development as mm-hmm. well. So I've enjoyed it. I'm in my second term now and they're three year terms. So they used to be two, but my first year in, they had just changed it to three year terms. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, they really want to keep us. <laughs> <laughs> it was all for you. It was all, uh, all for you. Yeah. So let me ask you, in your time being on city council, you, of course, have grown. You've learned because, like you said, you were always on the go. Mm-hmm. Your job had you away a lot. So you lived yeah. here, mm-hmm. but you didn't really understand the needs of everyone. Right. So what would you say right now? You've been on city council for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You are a seasoned member of it. <sighs> What would you say has been your biggest accomplishment? What are you really proud of so far that you've done for your district and for the citizens of Baytown overall? Yeah. Well, I really have to say the Market Street Redevelopment Project. And so that was something that we had been working on when I was still in CDBG because with CDBG, it identifies different areas within the city for reinvestment. And so we would go in, target these groups, and work with them on code enforcement, letting them know, you know, what they are, improving their homes, making it something that they can be proud of. And so we started to identify those needs from, you know, when I was running, okay, we know we need this, we know we need that. And when are we going to get our own mini town square, right? I I did not want to duplicate something that town square already has, Mm -hmm. because we've got something good there. And my colleague on council, they've been working on that project for a a long time and it, it's gotten to where it's at because the council representative continued to push for that and so when we started thinking about what Market Street would look like we had the study you know we talked to neighbors we talked to area businesses because again it's not what the city wants it's not what I would want it's like what are the local residents wanting right. those that are going to be within the area either they live or work in the area and those are the different people that we talked to and so we got the project done in terms of the study, what we want it to look like. And they told me, well, we've gotten this far <laughs> and we don't know, you know, we're going to have to work the funding out. We may be able to start a little here and there, but uh-huh. we're not sure if we're going to be able to start on a big piece of it anytime soon. And I was like, look, as long as we got it here, you know, I'm fine with that, but I'm going to keep pushing for it. Well, then we were able to get some finance also through Harris County through a partnership with them. So now we're able, we're at that point, we're like, okay, we can start investing a little more now because we've got this additional funding. And that's one of the things that we really are very proud of at the city and the the staff and everyone there that they are thinking of those innovative ways, not just to wait and see if there's money, but also going out and searching for money, other avenues, other revenue sources. And so because of that, we're able to jumpstart that project into something that the residents really want. And uh, through a partnership of local agencies as well, like the school district, like college, because this whole area really has to be done with a partnership of them in mind. True, true. Because we had the school there, San Jacinto, we have Lee College that we connect to. We're, we're almost a gateway to Lee College through my district. And so we wanted to make sure that it's it's going to be almost like a college feel, but a healthy college, healthy college <laughs> and family life. Yes, right? People, healthy college healthy. and family life. Yes, yes. So it'll have a lot of pedestrian mm-hmm. and, and 
and bike access. We recently started the San Jacinto School Relocation Project, which I think will really mesh well with the Market Street redevelopment. And so that's my biggest project that I never saw would come to fruition this quickly. And even the agency that came to do the study, the designers, all of them, they've, they themselves said at City Council that they've never seen a project like this start so quickly. Nice. So I, I was very proud forget, of that. Though, I think people need to understand that it takes time. Mm-hmm. And our council people, our council women, our council men are there to hear the needs, investigate the needs, absolutely, of your district, absolutely. of the community, because everyone's going to have access to in some type of way and do the groundwork. Right. And it's not an overnight process. And I think it's really important that they hear from you and hear your voice and mm-hmm. hear that we're working because many times they don't see it because mm-hmm. but you're doing the work. Yeah. And you have to you have to do interviews. You have to go out there. You have to say stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Which so, is why I was pushing for the for the new yeah. spot committee and and imagine Baytown. It's like uh, unfortunately I didn't even know about that when it first came around mm-hmm. because again I wasn't engaged. Uh, I really didn't have anybody telling me, hey, there's these committees available. And so I didn't look at that until I was interested in in running for council. Right. And so I think it's not only up to us as, as representatives, um, but it, it's also to help empower the residents to do something as well. Um, because a lot of them had started to really take pride and, and, and be invested and interested in it. And that's what we want because it is for them. Right. You know, I do live in the district and I'm also very invested in what's happening, but I, I play that double role where, you know, I live here, I want it to be nice, but, you know, hey, don't you want this for yourself? You know, <laughs> right, right. how long do you plan to live here? Are your kids going to be here? Wouldn't you want that for your kids? And so you start thinking about that. Absolutely. And I want to say thank you so much because you're doing a lot for your district. But let's talk about what's coming up for you. What's happening yes. like in a week or oh. when this show lands? in a few days with yeah. the first three years. Yeah. Well, so I've worked for first three years. I've, I've ha- held several different jobs, but the first three years is really an organization that helps promote the mental well-being of um, infants from zero to three and their children. So through first three years, we created an initiative called Babies in Baytown. And so it's, it's a collaborative. So it's a, a group of different agencies here locally that are supporting the families with those children and their caregivers because because we see a lot of agencies, which is great, that will focus, you know, on the child, on the child, right. but the child can't do it. It's on on its own, right? True. So we need to help support the families as well as the caregivers. And so anyone or any agency that touches those children, you know, in, in terms of their development, their growth, their well-being, they need to be supported as well and given those tools for success. And so Babies in Baytown will be helping through first three years host the second annual baby day. So this is a statewide initiative. Last year, we held the first one in Baytown, which was a lot of fun. It's not the typical fair where parents will, you know, bring their kids, go from table to table or let them loose and (laughs) go on their own and play. This is really an event for bonding and delight for the parent with the child. And so they go through activities that will help them in the early development of their children, activities that can easily be replicated at home with, you know, any little item that they may find. Well, this year it's going virtual because we were still not comfortable with doing in-person events. So it's going virtual. It's going to be a week-long event from February the 7th through the 13th. And um, so parents can go on to babyday.us to register for the event. 
they'll get a dashboard will they'll be able to sign up for it's imagine like a conference where you right. sign in and you get to pick and choose what you want to go to our mayor is also going to help promote the event and he's going to be doing a story time nice so he's going to choose his favorite book I think he recorded it yesterday so I'm not <laughs> sure which book he chose okay. but we did talk about that and so he'll be doing something some of our local agencies will be doing some sort of activity as well so I'm really looking forward to it I'm excited about it yeah I'm excited about it because I know you held a meeting here last year yes 2020 mm-hmm. no or 19 19 I don't know what year it is yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited about it. we have some information up we'll put it on our Sterling Library website mm-hmm. and social media as well mm-hmm. so it's going to be the 7th through the 13th yes virtual it's virtual which, everything online and it's free we should all be pretty comfortable now with virtual I right, know, right? <laughs> so, but still you know we still have issues so anything else going on besides that we do have another event that we've actually partnered with Harris County Public Health and the Fred Aguilar Promise Center and we're going to be hosting a drive through event to give out additional adult children's masks we'll have water bottles hand sanitizers so and, and it's really to help promote staying safety through the pandemic as well as encouraging people to get their flu shots and so all of the information will be available in packets for families so as they drive through they can grab the information and we'll have other agencies there that will kind of be supporting the things that we do and that'll be after the that's actually on february the 6th it's okay. friday february the 6th at the fred aguilar promise center okay. on market street and that will run from 9 a.m to 12 p.m or until they're gone and it's so. also going to be on the baby day or baby day no that is something separate okay. so because it is a separate initiative with local agencies okay. that one will be ba- mainly on social media okay so it'll yeah. be on the babies in baytown facebook page okay so before I let you go, mm-hmm. anything else you want to add? I know you have notes. I don't want to no, take that away okay. from you. No, that's okay. I haven't <laughs> no. really looked at it much. I just wanted to make sure I had the website right. So part of the Market Street Redevelopment Project, something that we've been able to do a little bit more on a regular basis is there's an area of the historic West End that we've been calling at the city the Minnesota Triangle. Okay. So <laughs> I know it's not the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Minnesota Triangle. It's the Minnesota Triangle and it's where uh, Minnesota Street meets Market and we know a lot of areas within the historic West End do not have very much lighting no and it is so dark over there isn't I know it? Oh, wow, so we're yeah. going to be installing about 16 solar lights nice. all through the Market Street the Minnesota Triangle and I've been championing to put some sort of like little gazebo or public space around there mm-hmm. for I think it's important for communities that they have have different options when it comes to meeting spaces and so whether it's a gazebo or like a little raised stage or something where people can just gather and meet or maybe just go have lunch one day or something so we're working on that we've already gotten the cost and everything in for those solar lights and so we're hoping that we can get to install them pretty soon do you feel sometimes that COVID has made it where beforehand we were all well not all of us but mm-hmm. we were stuck to technology so much we really weren't getting out as much but yeah. now with COVID as sad as it is and then yeah. as 
different and changing as it may be, it has pushed everyone to go back to the let's kind of try to get out. Yeah. Let's have those meeting spaces. Even though we may be sitting far apart, you want to have somewhere to go mm-hmm. just to get out of the house because so many kids are still doing online school. You're teaching from home. So it's kind of nice to now see the momentum of the appreciation of having those spaces that you're trying to create in that area. It's really nice. Right. And when you said the Minnesota Triangle, I'm like, oh, State Streets. Yeah. You know, if you're State from Baytown, you know. Yeah, you oh, know. <laughs> you're like, State Streets. So or people sad. still say Old Baytown. Old Baytown. Bay absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it'll be important for that. And I, I'm hoping that we can continue to see that because I do see a lot more people uh, on our trails at Emmett Hutto, you know, just everywhere. And I think it's great. And I think if we can create more of those, you know, healthy outdoor spaces, mm-hmm. it will engage more par- more people to be out there. And even, hey, do you know what your neighbor's name is? <laughs> you yeah. know, I think yeah. that's important. Do too. you even know who's on your street? Yeah. <laughs> Besides when a hurricane hits, do you know who's here? Yeah. So before I let you go, I want to, I want to ask you, I'm going to ask everyone this question. What is the one thing or many things you would love for someone who's not from Baytown to know about the community? We're a lot more actually than what people may perceive. I know I've talked to people where they say, where's Baytown? Oh yeah, I've passed through it on my way to Beaumont. On my way. I said, you know what? Next time, don't just pass through. You need to stop. Mm-hmm. We are actually, even though I just mentioned that, do you know who your neighbor is? I think that we still have a lot of group of communities that are very strong, that are close-knit. And despite what you may see on social media and any infighting or whatever, <laughs> I think we're there for each other. Other. It, yeah. You know, it, it wasn't just during Harvey or whatever. Maybe Harvey highlighted what we already have. Right. And so we're small enough that we make differences and we're big enough that we're being noticed. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's really something that I hold dear to. And, you know, I've, I've been here for so long. I don't plan to move. And I always tell everybody I like it. That's my home. I'm not going anywhere. And so I, I just want people to realize that, that we are more than, you know, what we appear. We take pride in what we do. And just like I'm sure many cities, but don't don't discount us yes yet. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't discount us. I want to yeah. say thank you so much, Councilwoman Alvarado, for coming in. Mm-hmm. I know it was a slight twisting of the arm, but I got you here. <laughs> you showed up like, hey, come hey, on. I'm here. <laughs> and I'm excited about what's going on with what you have planned for your district and the community, all that you're a part of. And also with the first three years, I'm excited about that because mm-hmm. that, like you said, it's not just the child, it's also the parents and the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You are always welcome to come talk about anything you want to talk about. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I am blessed to have you here. And I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Baytown Engage. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. Stay tuned.